0: Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Welcome to church, everybody. Man, Holy Spirit is up in this joint. A um, couple of updates here and then we'll get into the message. Um, first of all, I want to say we had a great... Meeting last week um, for our uh, Israel trip that we're going to be taking in September. So thank uh, thank you to all of you who came out. Um, I'm I'm. Uh, we don't have exact um, numbers every day of how many people are coming because the registration is actually on a. Um, it's on the tour agency's website. But um, I'm told that we have anywhere from twenty to twenty five people already signed up for that trip. And so super exciting. Uh, that's the good news. Um, But basically, it's about half full now, and so we can take up to 50 people. But um, at the meeting, I just want to say this, um, we gave prices and all that kind of stuff, but this last week, the travel agency secured our our, uh, uh, spots on the plane, and they were able to get our spots for um, our plane tickets for $100 less than what they thought they were going to get them for. So the price actually dropped by $100, Um, so that's super good. And we found out that everyone who registers online saves $50 when they register for the trip. So if you're on the fence, you're thinking about it, we still have um, we have some flyers in the foyer that gives more information. I'm happy to talk to anyone after service um, about that trip. Um, if you want to come on it, we're happy to talk to you about that and, and uh, answer any questions you have. But um, if you want to register, you can go to citylights.church. Um, scroll down just a little bit. There's a Israel box there. Click on that and it'll take you to the site where you can register for our Israel trip that's going to be in September. So still plenty of room. So far, we've got an amazing group going with us. I'm super excited about this trip. So it's going to be really good. Um, second update. Um, I want to just make an announcement today that um, we are officially removing the pre-registration for kids. And we, yeah, we'll oh, see, people are happy about that. We've been doing that, um, you know, since since pandemic stuff happened. And um, I had this question, we had our annual business meeting um, here on Monday. And I had someone ask this question, when are we going to fully open up? And truth be told, we f- feel like we've been fully open. Um, that, that pre-registration is, we don't have that still because of COVID. We actually have that because the rooms, there's a certain amount of kids that um, are appropriate to put in a room, and we don't wanna exceed that, and it can get too full. And so it's really not because of COVID that we have that pre-registration, it's actually capacity um, capacity problems that we have. So um, we're taking that off. My advice is come early, get your kids in. Um, we, we Our goal is to accommodate every family and every child. Um, however, if things fill, do fill up too much, we'll try to take them as much as we can, but if things do fill up, it is possible that we won't be able to take every child. So, which leads to my next announcement. Um, so at the same time, uh, I want to make an appeal for Pastors Reggie and Jenny. You guys wave to everyone. This is Pastors Reggie and Jenny. Um, they have an amazing team, um, but they could definitely use more help. We're going to have more kids here. We need to accommodate more kids. Um, we, we are at a point, church, where... You know, We're teetering on two services or we're teetering on needing to fill up more and, and open more classrooms. Um, but literally, one of the, the bottlenecks that we are experiencing right now is we just need more help in the kids area. And so um, if you have a heart to help your church grow, because we really can't grow that much more because of certain capacities, you have a heart to help us grow, and you have a little bit of margin where, man, if, if you could serve every once every four weeks or every six weeks, I think if everyone did that, we'd have more than enough people to staff those rooms. But our, our staff, we're, we're uh, really figuring out do we need to open more rooms in the kids' ministry or do we need to go to two services? Um, they say when you get to about 70% full, that um, you actually, people start to feel like, oh, there's not space for me, there's not room for me. And so we're really just teetering and trying to make that decision, seeking the Lord right now. But one of two things has to give. Either we need more room in the kids area or we're going to have to go to two services. So um, if you would, there's a, uh, in some of your seatbacks, there's a um, card here with a QR code on it. And it's also on the screen. You could probably point your phone at the screen and scan. it. I think you can, seriously. Um, <clears throat> that's what I'm told by the, by the people who make things happen around here. Which is not me. Does it work? Yeah, she, she said it works. Okay. Or you have these and like some of the seat backs have them. We'll be happy to get this to you afterwards. If you can help, you know, like I said, every four to six weeks in our kids miss you, that would really help us. This is the place where we kind of have a bottleneck. We want more families to come. I'm sure there's families at home, they're like, oh, we'll come back when everything opens up. Well, listen, we're open fully, but we still need your help, all right? If you have a heart to help, your pastors to help your church grow um, this is one of our limiting factors at the time um, obviously we background check everyone who works with anyone under um, 18 and we always put two workers per room you know so if you're not trained we'll train you we'll help you There's someone in there to help you and Reggie Jen, you're amazing right these guys are amazing so do your best to bless these guys we love you thank you guys for your faithfulness and giving at this church. I I mentioned this in the business meeting on on Monday. We were shut down for 12 weeks, like a quarter of the year last year. And we still had more giving than the previous two years as a church. You guys were faithful through that whole thing. Why? Because you're not tippers, you're tithers. You believe in in the tithe. And I thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. It's given us the ability to staff positions. We're staff positions. It's given us the ability to, um, we don't have money problems, which is a great place to be. Amen? And so thank you for your faithfulness. If you're not a tither, I want to encourage you. Put God first in your finances. Become a tither. There is a blessing in it for you. Listen, it's not so much what we need from you. It's what we want for you. You will see the faithfulness of God in your life. And listen, nothing says money doesn't own, own, me, own me like giving it away. Nothing says money doesn't own me like giving it away. So and listen, if you think I'm just manipulating because I, you know, want to get more money as a church, listen. Put your finances, put your tithe where where you're getting fed, where you believe God wants you. And if you feel like I'm just talking about money because I want more money, well then go to the church across the street and give them your, your tithe. Amen. Okay, go at the church you're at, tithe to your church, amen. You're you're reaping a benefit from that from that body. So yeah, but thank you guys for faithless. We Appreciate it so much. Okay. God's doing some cool things in our midst. We are so honored to be a part, and we're honored to be uh, your pastors. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We've been in a series called Revive. Uh, why am I doing this series? Because I sense that the Holy Spirit, and I think it's blatantly obvious, the Holy Spirit is doing something in our midst. Amen. He's moving in our midst, and um, with Ministries Called Revival, we've been talking about how to cultivate a revival culture. I want to be revival ready. I want to be a revival fit person. I want to lead a church who's ready for the move of the Holy Spirit. The last few weeks, um, last three weeks, actually, I've been talking about the gift of prophecy and its importance within the body of Christ, and I'll just put the prayer counselors on the spot here for after the service. If you want prayer and ministry or you want to see if the Lord has a prophetic word for you. I'm gonna, prayer counselors come up front at the end and, and uh, we'll, we'll pray for you, we'll minister to you. I just wanna make that actually part of our culture, that after service, if you ever need prayer, you can come up after the service and you can have people pray for you and minister to you. Um, can I get one of those bottles of water? Thank you. Forgot my water up here. Appreciate you, MJ, you're amazing. But the last three weeks, I've been talking about the gift of prophecy, the do's, the don'ts, the guardrails. You know, I talked about the guardrails of prophecy last week. I just want to say, we have a lot of books. People give us a lot of books. I try to read books that people give to me. I don't always read them. But I was looking at my bookshelf when I was um, preparing these messages on the gift of prophecy. And there's this book called User-Friendly Prophecy by um, Larry Randolph. Really good book. This is one of the most practical guides to growing in uh, the gift of prophecy and not getting cuckoo, not getting weird, okay? So lots of amazing guardrails in here, um, helps you to grow in the gift, talks about so many amazing things. If you're interested in in just learning more about that, um, I highly recommend this gift, uh, this book, User-Friendly Prophecy, Larry Randolph. It's a good one. So today, I want to talk to you about the power of unity, the power of agreement, And the power of being part of the body of Christ and its relationship to a revival culture. By the way, speaking of unity, at our business meeting, we voted on two bylaw amendments and we had a unanimous vote. Not one person voted against it. So um, that's unity right there. Amen. So thank you for those of you who came and voted for that. Um, It's where (laughs) the place of unity is where God commands a blessing. Psalm 133 Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It is like the anointing poured on the the head of Aaron. It runs down his beard, down his robes. It is as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows a blessing, even life forevermore. Or for there, in other translations, the the Lord commands a blessing, and even life forevermore. When we dwell together in the place of unity, God loves it. God loves it when we're we're in unity, when we're in fellowship with one another. He commands a blessing in that place. Amen? I want to talk about that today. Um, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gave us this prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Probably the most famous prayer ever, right? But what I want you to notice today, as we read it, he's not just talking about individuals. He's talking about a body of believers, a corporate body of believers watch this Jesus said in this manner therefore pray our father everyone say our father our father not just my father our father in heaven hallowed holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us everyone say us give us this day our daily bread and forgive us everyone say us forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us everyone say us us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever notice he says our father not just you can say pray this way your father okay he is your father amen that's an amazing revelation to have that he's your father he would have done it just for you he would have come just for you amen but he's also our father and then four times in that verse he says us 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 it's not just about me my and i it's about we amen I want to propose to you today that there is a correlation between the kingdom and the power and operation in your life and be connected to a body of believers. We need to drop the me and the my and embrace our, amen? Jesus said, pray a prayer here that's bigger than you. Pray our prayers. Don't just pray me, my, my. Prayers. Pray our prayers. In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The title of our message today is called The Power of Our." Everyone say, The Power of our. The Power of our. That's what we're talking about today. I am fully convinced that there are some things that are only available to us if we are in community. Not just being an individual, separated, the lone Wolf in Christ, you know, even wolves. I don't know where the term lone wolf came from. Wolves are pack animals. They don't really like to be alone. They like to be in packs, okay? I believe that there is something special about being part of a body of believers, and there's some things in the kingdom that are, or are only available to us when we are in a body of believers. Um, notice in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they were all together in unity. Acts two verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost had came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Notice they were all together, same place, same time, and they all got touched by the Holy Spirit. Here's my point. A revival fit church understands the power of our. Not just me, not just my, but our. Amen. So many times I think we, we view the, the move of the Holy Spirit. Revivals in the past, the move of the Holy Spirit, there's some some of them are mysterious in, in the nature of the way they came. But so many times we view it as like a surfer just sitting on the beach waiting for like the right set to come in so you can go surf. Okay, now revival does seem like that and and a move of the spirit does seem like that but listen there is an intentionality that we have to have as believers people who capitalize and get the most and and go into the deep things of God and and capitalize on these times of refreshment are intentional about posturing themselves to receive that one of the ways we do that is by gathering together today I want to give you Two reasons why they, while there, why there is power in our amen. Reason number one: Why is there power in our reason number one? The presence of God dwells in community. The presence of God dwells in community. When God, when we show up like this, God shows up in special ways. Someone may say, Pastor Kurt, I don't need to go to church. My church is you know, when I fish up in the mountains and that's where I get my serenity and, you know, whatever. I don't need to go to church because God is everywhere. He's everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. Listen, it is true that God is everywhere, but there's something special about gathering as a body of believers. I want to just spend a a few moments on this. There's five dimensions or five manifestations of the presence of God, and you need them all. We need them all to grow in maturity and to be who God calls us to be. Manifestation number one. I'm going to go through all five. God occupies all space. Okay, He occupies all space. He's omnipresent. That means He's He's ever present. He permeates all of space. Um, uh, Psalm chapter one thirty nine verses seven to ten. David said, "Where can I go from Your Spirit? Where can I flee from Your presence? If I go to the heavens, there You are. If I make my bed in the depths, uh, the depths, there uh, You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea." Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast, okay? God is everywhere. God is ever-present. This is one of his divine attributes. The book of Isaiah says that God measures the universe in the span of his hand, okay? He permeates, he fills the entire creation. They say the observable universe is 93 billion light years in diameter. 93 billion light years in diameter. That's the observable universe that we can observe, okay? God fills that entire space. And if there's more outside of that, he fills that too. Amen? He's um, omnipresent. He's everywhere at once, okay? So that's the first manifestation, the most basic manifestation of God's presence. The second one is is this. God occupies all time, okay? He doesn't just exist in all space, but he also exists in all dimensions of time. The Bible says that Jesus was the lamb of God slain from the foundations of the earth he's the one who was and is and is to come in revelation 1 8 and 4 8 from everlasting to everlasting the bible says he is the alpha the omega the beginning the end Um, space and time is a fabric that's interwoven God fully occupies them both he occupies all time he occupies all space he occupies them both completely that's the second manifestation of God's presence the third one this is where it starts to get good, is that God lives in the hearts of all believers. Amen. God lives. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a Christian, he lives in your heart. First Corinthians 6, 7 says this, but whoever is united with the Lord is one uh, with him in spirit. Okay. God has mingled his spirit, his Holy Spirit and our spirit and he lives in our hearts. This is how we can say that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Okay, though you may look the same on the outside, a miracle has taken place on the inside. When you receive Jesus, a miracle, a new birth miracle happens on the inside. He, we are new creations in him. He lives in our hearts. Literally, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, there's the, the tabernacle where the presence of God traveled. It was a tent, right? And then they had the temple where the, where the presence of God was. Today, the Holy of Holies is literally our hearts. God lives in the hearts of the believers. The, 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 the veil was torn in two. The, the Holy Spirit does no longer occupies one building on earth, but now occupies the hearts of all believers. And it's so good. But there are two other dimensions of God's presence that I want to camp on for just a second. Number four, the fourth manifestation of God's presence is this. God shows up in small gatherings. He shows up in small gatherings. Jesus said this, watch this Matthew 18 19 20. Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Okay, wait, I thought God was everywhere and I thought He lived in my heart, so isn't He already there? Well, Yes, but there's something special about brothers and sisters who gather in his name. Um, have you guys ever um, heard the, the, the phrase uh, a quorum? A quorum. What is a quorum? It's the minimum number of members of an assembly or society that must be present at any of its meetings to make the proceedings of that meeting valid. Okay, that's that's a quorum. So, for example, the United States Senate, in order to have a quorum to pr- proceed in legal meeting, they need to have at least 51 senators present. That's that's a quorum for the Senate. The House of Representatives, in order to proceed in a legal, uh, legal meeting, they need to have 218 um, representatives present. Um, our Constitution and Bylaws as a church, City Lights, Article 7, Section 4 gives us our definition of a quorum. Um, to constitute a quorum at any regular or specially called business meeting of the body, Any and all active members who attend said meeting shall constitute the quorum for that meeting, okay? So that's what a quorum is. But do you know what constitutes a quorum for an official Christian gathering? To have an official Christian meeting, Matthew 18, 20 says, you need at least two. Jesus said, you need at least two. Can't do it by yourself. You want to have an official Christian meeting? You need at least two. Three is better. Two is okay. Three is even better. Amen? Okay? So, God shows up in small groups. This is a great plug for our city groups. If you're not part of a city group at our church, I highly encourage you to get involved. Listen, when two or more, two or three or more are gathered in the name of Jesus, he is there with them. That's amazing. But wait, Pastor, I thought he lives in my heart. I thought he's everywhere Yes, but he shows up in a special way, in a different way. When two or three or more are gathered in his name. Amen? Okay. What is the last manifestation of God's presence? Number five, God dwells in the assembly. In the assembly of believers, the large gatherings of believers, God shows up there. Okay. Psalm 22.3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. God is enthroned on the praises of Israel. He inhabits our praises. When we come together like this and we sing to him, Holy Spirit shows up in a different way than he would when you're by yourself. Ephesians 2, chapter 19 through 22, it says this, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Okay, he's talking about a body of believers. that We are being built together in in a place in which God dwells by his Holy Spirit. Okay, none of that, none of what I just read there implies being by yourself. Yes, you can and should have quiet times and that personal devotion with the Lord. That is extremely important. But this is also very important. Getting together in small groups and coming to church is important. Okay? He's talking about the power of our. All right. So, God shows up in a special way when we gather. Okay? Let's just review real quick. Number one, God occupies all, all space, all time. He lives in the hearts of all believers But God shows up in small gatherings, and he dwells within the assembly of believers. What I want to point out to you is that two of those you can't do by yourself. You can do five minus two is three. Okay. You can do three of those by yourself, but you can't do two of those by yourself. Why? Because there's something God has reserved for brothers and sisters getting together in unity. Amen? Okay, um, listen, if I woke up tomorrow and suddenly I realized that my family and I, we, we have to move to, like, another state, if I suddenly realized, oh, gosh, we got to move to another state, we just found out, whatever scenario that would be, you know, that made that happen, I would immediately, I would immediately start looking for a church in that city for me and my family. Listen, if you move, like, praise God, we're glad you're here. We love that you're part of c Life Church. But if you ever have to move you need to move, listen, find a church immediately. Get into a body of believers immediately. It's not good for believers to not be part of a community of believers. Why? Because I can't get everything I need by myself. The presence of God shows up and dwells in community. He has designed it in such a way this is the wisdom of God he's designed it in such a way that I don't have all the answers I need you for some of the answers you need me for some of the answers you need the person across the room for your, uh, from you for some of the answers he's designed it in such a way that we're a body of believers he hasn't given all the gifts to one person he doesn't want one person to have all the gifts right he wants to eat, distribute the gifts to the body of Christ that we would need each other and listen the body heals the body you have an immune system that heals your body. You, you, When your body's hurt, it's the the other parts of the body are healing that part that's hurt. Okay, so the body heals the body. All right. So the presence of God dwells in community. That's point number one of this message. Point number two: Why there is power and our there is protection in community. There's protection in community. Um. You guys have undoubtedly heard the phrase um, herd immunity, okay? Herd immunity. Social dis- We take social distancing very serious around here. Very serious, okay, obviously. Now, okay. Okay, herd immunity. They say when 60, 70, 50, 60, 70% of the population either gets um, an immunity um, because of they've had a disease or because they were um, given a vaccination for that disease, then it really starts to drop off and and, um, the disease doesn't spread as much anymore, okay? You've obviously heard of this. This is kind of like what we're all like, are we there yet, you know? Um, But listen, spiritually speaking, there's a herd immunity by being part of the body of Christ. There are certain attacks of the enemy that you are immune to because you're in community, Because you're part of a body of believers, okay? Um, There's a herd immunity with that. 1 Peter 5.5 says this. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, or it's talking about pastors, leaders there. All of you, that's everyone, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Okay, pause. In this section of of 1 Peter, the context, he's talking about a body of believers, talks to elders. Elders, care for the flock. Don't lord it over them, but be willing to serve as examples. In the same way, you who are younger, and the Lord, submit to your spiritual authority. And he says, all of you, everyone, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Okay? Watch this. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud, but gives favor or grace to the humble. Okay, he says, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Listen, God actually interacts um, the way we treat each other, the way we forgive each other, the way we walk in humility towards one another determines if God's going to oppose you or extend grace towards you. The word oppose there literally means stiff arm. Those who are prideful, those who are arrogant, literally God is like opposing you. There's a stiff arm. Why? Because he can't let the behavior go go unchecked. Okay. But those who are humble and extend grace and favor towards one another and are clothed with humility towards one another, he extends the the, the word grace there. The word favor means grace. It means to be um, lean towards, to to give a gift, to be leaned towards, to bless. Okay. Lean towards to share a benefit. Like that's the picture of humility. When you're humble and you're not arrogant. You're prideful. There's literally a picture of God leaning towards us to help us. It's amazing. But he's talking about being clothed with humility towards one another to receive that grace, okay? Here, here's my point. It's pride for us to think we don't need anyone. It's pride to think, oh, that person hurt me. I'm just going to write them off. You know, check, you know, I just write people off and kick it on in life. I don't need you anymore. That's prideful. We need one another, and it's prideful not to be connected into a body of believers. And then watch this. Verse 8, he says this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking, looking for someone to devour. Okay? The devil is compared to as a roaring lion seeking for someone who he may devour. All right. Predators, predatory animals, they go after three groups. Number one, the young. Predators will go after, they're going to go after the easy target. They're going to go after the young. Number two, they go after the weak. And number three, they go after the isolated. The young, the weak, and the isolated is what predatory animals go after. These are the two groups, church, that we need to put in the middle of our church the young and the Lord, we need to put the young and the Lord in the center so that they're protected and they have herd immunity. And those who are struggling, if, you, uh, if you're hurting, if you're stressed, if someone has fallen into sin, you know, listen, we don't want to boot someone out the door. Oh, you have sinned and you're like, get out of here. No, let's put the person in the middle who's struggling. Let's get them in the middle and surround them and protect them and extend grace towards them. Now, listen, if they won't listen to us and they won't repent and they won't, you know, honor authority or whatever, then we can't help you. But if you are open to our feedback, like we want to put you in the middle. We want to give guidance and protection to those who are hurting. Or maybe you lost your job and you're hurting. Maybe you're you're stressed and you're hurting. We want to put those people in the middle. The young and the Lord and those who are struggling, the, the weak and the Lord, we want to put them in the middle. But watch this. Even... The strong in the Lord are susceptible to the enemy's attacks if they're isolated. You could take a herd of, um, you know, buffalo, whatever, and they'll, they'll herd together if, if, you know, if uh, wolves are trying to, to get them. And they'll herd together and they're, they're uh, more resilient to attacks. But as soon as you isolate one, even if you isolate a strong one, It's become susceptible to attacks. Don't get so prideful to think, yes, I'm strong in the Lord. I don't need a body of believers. I don't need people around me. I got this. Listen, that's a setup for pride, and pride comes before the fall. Amen? The enemy of our soul would love nothing more than to isolate you. Isolation is a big problem right now because of the current situation in the world. It's a big problem. Listen, we... Every day of our lives we manage risks. We manage risks. Getting in a car you're managing a your risk. Getting on an airplane you're managing a your risk. Listen, it's right now we're told it's risky when we're around people. We're risky when when we're near people, we could we could get sick. But what is the alternative? The alternative could be we're isolated and we run a risk of the enemy prowling around and taking us out. And so I want to play a video to give an illustration to how the enemy will try to isolate us and take us out. This video has the good, the bad, and the ugly in it, so go ahead and roll that. This pup has strayed too close to the edge. Now it's out of its depth. And outmaneuver a shark. But only for so long. of all such encounters end badly for seals. The adults must deal with this persistent menace takes one brave seal to lead the way. Others join. Soon they are a mob harassing the intruder. It's a risky strategy. Sharks can turn on a dime. overcome a giant come on we're going to run that enemy out of here amen but you've got to stay in the herd you got to stay in the herd if the enemy of our souls can get us to forget the power of our he can alienate it for alienate us from the body of Christ I'll close with this <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10 Verses 23 through 25, it says this, "'Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, "'for he who promised is faithful. "'And let us consider how we may spur one another on "'towards love and good deeds, "'not giving up meeting together "'as some are in the habit of doing, "'but encourage one another, "'and all the more as you see the day approaching.'" He says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Church, my concern for the church and the body of Christ at whole is that we have become accustomed and we have a habit of not meeting together because of this last year. We're almost one year into the two weeks to slow the spread One year into two weeks to slow the spread, my concern is that some of us have developed a bad habit. Listen, if you're watching online, and we, we love that we have the streaming service. We beefed that up last year, and we're so glad our steps are ordered by the Lord. If you're watching online and you're older and you have pre-existing conditions, I'm not shaming you or condemning you whatsoever. Ultimately, your responsibility is your health. Um, Habit out of not meeting with the body of believers. As the Lord leads you, those of you at home, when you feel the peace of God, we would love to see you when you're ready. I'm not asking anyone to do anything they're not uncomfortable with. Your health is your responsibility, risk management is your responsibility. We're doing here what we have peace about. We have peace about the way we're doing church, and we want you to have peace too. But as the Lord leads you when you're ready, we'd love to see you here. But until then, please let us know how we can stand with you. We don't want you to be isolated or alienated. How can we support you? You can always put prayer requests in the chat. You know, and if people have a sick kiddo in their home, praise God for the live streaming. Um, You're traveling, praise God for the live streaming and and, um, podcasts. Actually, we have people listening in more than just Colorado, people listening to our podcasts from different countries and stuff like that. So it's pretty great. But put your prayer requests in the chat. Um, If you're a confidential prayer request, go to citylights.church. Scroll down to the prayer requests and testimonies box there. Put your prayer request in there. We'd love to stand with you. Let us know how we can help you. But no one make a habit out of not gathering and meeting together. Why? Because the enemy of our souls prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He devours the young. He devours the weak. And he devours the alienated, the isolated. Don't forget the power of our amen. Awesome. Why don't you guys stand on your feet? I'm going to pray and then Emily will come close the service. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ, Lord. We're a body of believers, Lord. God, we just pray a, a swift end to this pandemic, Lord, and, uh, Lord, I just pray that keep us healthy, Lord. We ask that you would continually keep us healthy, keep us safe, Lord Jesus. And God, I bless your body, I bless the church. God, if there are those who are drifted and isolated and alienated, Lord, I just I just uh, infuse a grace, Lord God, over these ones that are here, Lord God to um, just speak up and speak to other people and other parts of the body of Christ that don't get isolated, don't get alienated. The Lord wants you to be part of the flock. There's something available in a body of believers that is not available when you're by yourself, Lord. And so God, we thank you that if we're gonna have a revival culture, if we're, gonna have, if we're gonna be revival fit, Lord God, we have to understand the importance of, of meeting together, of gathering together, Lord God, and we take that seriously, God. We take that seriously. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Why don't we, let's just declare that on three. One, two, three. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.